All right, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Uh, this is the Bliss is Ignorant podcast with comedian Jay Bliss. Appreciate y'all tuning in. And like I said, with the last couple of episodes, with the event of this situation and me being able to utilize Zoom, I'm able to bring on people that otherwise I would have to be in the same room with. And this person is actually making their second appearance on the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. And I'm happy to have her. You guys give it up for a good friend of mine, funny-ass comedian, Dominique. Hey, Jay, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm looking at your face, and, and you're looking like you, uh, you, you're doing well. You know what I mean? You're looking healthy. Well. You look well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm all right. I'm no doubt. Good. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah. so let me jump right in, and let's start with um, the obvious. You know, we can't, like comedians, we can't go on stage, or we can't start performing out talking about the obvious. Um, how did the news break to you about work stoppage? And where were you when this whole thing went down? So I had been on the road. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had heard talk of the coronavirus. And I had heard about it. It was kind of like in the air. Right. I had been at the Arlington Improv. So I get back from there. And I think I'm going to be home maybe a week or something like that before mm -hmm. it's time to go again. But as time progresses, you know, it's talked about more. And I'm one, I watch the news. Right. You know. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I watch the news now. My older years now, I watch the news. So <laughs> right, I'm right. looking at it and I'm like, okay, you know. And I'm one that's a conspiracy theorist at first. Right, right. So I'm like, man, I don't know about what they talking about. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, right. Oh, here they go. They hyping us up again. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm all in that. But as I continue to watch, I'm like, wait a minute. Right. It is something happening here. Right, right. This when I knew things had begun to change, Jay. When the NBA suspended play, I said, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. We have a problem here. Right, right. They shut basketball down. And I'm a sports fan. I'm like, right. they shut basketball down. I'm like, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm like, you know, we can ready to make this push yeah. and see if we can bring Showtime back to LA. Yeah, y'all was know? set up for it too. Yeah. We were set up for it. We ready to go. You know, we right. were set up to bring Showtime back to LA. So I'm watching. I'm like, ain't no more games. So when it wasn't no more games, then I'm looking at the cruise ships. Now I was going, when I went back to work, my gig, that gig was going to be going to the Tom Joyner morning show crew. Right. I forgot about I'm that. Looking, okay. So I'm looking at cruise ships. So the NBA shut down. Now they shutting down schools. So in my mind, I'm like, this a windfall. Everything right. is going, you know, this just, it's just the beginning. It's like I could see us heading to a shutdown. Right. So we get there, Jay, and when they called about the cruise, I said, here we go. Yeah, man. So they called about the cruise. I was like, okay. And then I had some more dates. I was like, well, those dates I might have a little time. Right. But then they started saying, stay at home. I was like, it's a wrap. Yeah. Stay at home. Okay. Only do your <laughs> only go to the grocery store and only go to the bank. I said, no, no, ma'am. Right. You might as well brace yourself for this. No, ma'am. Right. And that's when my booker started calling and saying, okay, well, we're going to have, they're going to push this. They're going to push that. I was just sitting there saying, I knew it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was heartbreaking, man. Um, the phone call I had to make was, was to my ex-wife and I'm like, I'm broke. She like, what? I was like, I got no gigs for the rest of the month. I have no way to make no money and I can't go nowhere. And no. and I and it that's when it finally hit me. 
that I'm out here floating by myself. Like I'm out here and it was crazy because I never thought of it that way, but I was just being taken care of with just talent. Just knowing that a phone Absolutely. call was going to come and knowing I was going to get at least two and a half weeks of booking every month. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the minimum, I was going to get two and a half weeks. You know right. what I mean? And, and, and that's without me having a room every week or something like that, or just something steady that was going working. in. My, I was working, but it was, was because of, it was because of all the work you put up again to be able yeah. to say, I'm guaranteed to get this amount of dates. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it was a system, but it was nerve wracking, but this basically shut everything down. So oh, it shut everybody down. And this right. like, that's why I tell people all the resources and stuff that I hear about, especially for people like ourselves that are self-employed people, they are resources. You just have to know where to find them. So me and my people, we have been having a chain of resource information. Like for self-employed people, they got a thing called pandemic unemployment assistance that you can right. get. You know what right. I mean? Right. Those kind, and you might be able to file regular unemployment if perhaps you've done something where you paid into it. You know, they got grants. They always to get money, but it's really, really nerve-wracking as an artist. And you like, you know, especially when you see the money you had lined up, you know, people don't really realize, <laughs> okay, right. I got this, I got that, I got this, I got that, I got this. Mm -hmm. And then in, I'm talking about in a matter of five days, I got this, I got this, I got this, gone. Gone. Down the line. Down. Yes. We see you in November. We see you in November. Now, I'm going to tell you the thing that was crazy for me was, I think when it first happened and I got that phone call and it was like $4,000 was gone in, in less than a minute from, yeah. from two phone calls. Yeah. Um, I put a message up the next day on, on Facebook. I said, yo, I said, my gigs is canceled for the rest of the month. I still got merchandise. Y'all want to buy shirts? Yeah. On my cash app, hit me up because this is what I would be selling if I was doing shows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All I did was put that out there. Right. I got six t-shirt orders in, in two minutes. That's right. Dope. And then my cash app, I, I was hit with my cash app with $850 just with people saying, I got you. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was sitting there like I was dumbfounded, like dumbfounded. Cause it was people that was just giving me money and they were saying, don't worry about the shirt player. It kind of makes sense to me now. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. like, so some people wasn't thinking about it because they got a job to go to. They got a check coming in. But then when you're an artist and you tell them, yo, my gig done. And they're yeah, like, wait a minute. They're like, not working at all. Right. And they like, yo, that's, this dude can't make no money. Like, yeah. And it's oh. like, it don't, it don't, it don't, it adds up to them. But I was so thankful for the, the friends that I had to be able to just hold me down for just that little bit of time before I could get my mind around what's the next what step. What was going on. Mm -hmm. What was going on? What was the next step? How could I even get through this month? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, that was like, was like nerve-wracking. But, I mean, we we all – and we talk. I talk to so many comedians because I do, like, these online shows. I do the podcast. And this has to be the longest time you've been off stage probably since you started doing comedy. Oh, yeah, since 1994. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Since 1994. Right. And it's 2020, so that's an adjustment in itself. You know, I, I'm, I'm calling people on the phone. I'm talking to family members. I'm getting mine off. They so don't you, even know. 
They don't right. even know they being used as a crowd. I'm like, because when I go back to work, look, Jay, I can't be the tin man out here. You know? <laughs> so, 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 so here's the thing. So you've been at 24 years. Um, yeah. You was at it 10 years when I started, because I started in 2005. So you, yeah, yeah. so 25 years, like you were right, you right on that, on that, on that brink. And somebody told me what my, what their favorite joke of mine was the other day, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was sitting there like, I don't even know how I started that joke. Like, I don't even know how that joke started. Like, I only know the punchline of that joke. You know what I mean? Like, I had no idea how that joke even right. worked because I've been off stage for so long. Like, I don't even got my rhythm down. Like, you know, transition in between. I've been looking at clips and I've been posting clips, right? And the most uh -huh. of the things that I'm paying attention to when I post clips is listen to how that crowd laugh. That's all I hear. I'll be like, because <laughs> that's our drug. You know, that's our yes. that's our, our adrenaline, like that laughter. That's what keeps us going. You know what I mean? So, yes. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And um, I, I feel like um, I know you you got a fan base. You like you'll be good. Like you get back out there. They're going to be like, we got to go see our girl, Dominique. You know what I mean? And the thing about it is that's time put in. So let's go back to, to that time frame. You started 1994. What was the scene like? What made you want to do it? And what was it like for you to get on stage for the first time? Uh, well, I'd already, I'm already a naturally funny person, Jay. Mm. So, you know, I would always be funny with my friends and with my family, you know, I could imitate people. And I had been encouraged by my mother. She would be like, you know, you are funny. You should do, you know, you should really do some entertainment, do something with it, right? And so I was like, well, what I'm gonna do? She's like, I don't know, you know, like do comedy or whatever. And so I, I had a friend and I would tell my friend, yeah, I'm gonna go up, I'm gonna do me some comedy. And yeah, I'm gonna be a comedian. But I mean, I was working. I, right. I was working. I made good money. I was living at home. So, you know, when you make good money, you living at home, like, you know, you killing it, you know? Right. So, right. You, I ain't have to buy nothing but washing detergent and bread. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that, you know, bread and some washing detergent. And maybe one other thing if requested by my parents. So, um, so I was like, okay, well, a friend of mine, it all started with one of my homegirls. She, she, this guy that she used to date, they had ran into each other again, working at the Pentagon, because you know, I'm from DC. Mm -hmm. They working at the Pentagon, and she just happened to tell me about this dude, and it's a guy named Kurt G from DC. I don't know right. if he does stand up still, but he may. Um, and she just said to him, you know, my um, one of my girlfriends said she's going to do comedy, you know, and she's fun. She's really funny. And she said, eggs could she give him my number and all that. So we begin to talk. And right. once we begin to talk, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try it. You know, I ain't no sucker. If it don't work, I got a job. I keep it moving. Right. But just let me try it. And if they throw tomatoes, I'm throwing the shit back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. I've been right on when I'm gonna throw it back. You ain't gotta do me like that. Let me do my five minutes and leave. Right. So I talked to him. And so he told me to write some jokes and those kind of things. He told me what kind of jokes to kind of stay away from. He said, kind of stay away from this and this and this, if you want to. He said, but it'll set you apart in the long run. He said, right. down the line and years from now, it'll set you apart. It'll be a while before you see it. So, I, you know, I took his advice. So he was like, okay. And when I tell this part of the story, people like, oh, really? So he came, I went over to his house and he right. said, um, 
he said, okay, come over to my house. So we were, I went over his house. I think at that time, he still lived with his parents, too. We all young. You know? Right, right. And he said, um, all right, so I went in his room, right? Right. So it wasn't on no Me Too shit, though. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, 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 right. I got you. I got you. So I, I went into his room, Jay. And in his room, it was a guy in there. He a comedian, too, because he wanted me to come over there to do my five minutes before I went to open mic. Right. Well, the guy that was there is Red Grant. This oh, okay. <laughs> this That's my, my frat brother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, okay. no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> okay. My okay. Family, all of them. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. So, uh, Red is there. So okay. I, I do my five minutes. It's my first time meeting Red. Right. So they was like, okay. All right. So I'm looking at them. So then I go to the Comedy Connection, Jay, and I sign up the Greenbelt Comedy Connection in Maryland. Put my name on the list. They had me waiting for a while. Right. You know, I, I had never even been up, but I always, you know, you ain't going to treat me any kind of way. Right, right, you know? right, right. <laughs> so I go up there. I say, okay, I've been sitting here. And it's, I don't know how this works. Other people coming in, they going up. I've been sitting here, like, early. Right. Like, they just walking in and going up. I don't know these people. And I don't know that. I don't know how the stand up uh, thing works. Right, know? I don't right. know about the... Uh, Seniority. So he said, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. And it was all men. So it worked in my favor because I was a woman. So he's like, okay, I'm going to put you up next. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know it was going to happen like that. Right, right. Went up there, Jay. And they didn't laugh a lot. Right. But they laughed enough. Right. I did get some laughs. You know, right, I was like, right. oh, okay. And hey, I've been chasing ever since then like a crackhead. So and that so, was in nineteen ninety four. So okay, so if if Red so Red was there that night, he, he wanted he saw what you did. So is is that a person that took you under his wing, or was it like just a collection of people in that area that just kind of brought you in the circle and like taught you as you went along? Yes, he was one of the people that took me under his wing. It mm -hmm. was a group of them. It was Joe Claire, Red Grain. Donnell Robinson. Okay, you know? all right, okay. And they were they was like out there and they in our city. I'm talking about the hottest, yeah, youngest coming up, killing it. Yeah, and they just liking to me because they saw the potential in me. So we just started rolling. You know what I mean? And people knew when we walked in the building, some funny was gonna be going down. Yeah. Like, oh, there they go. That's a you know? good. You know, if, if I think about that for a second. If y'all came back and was like, all right, we're going to go on tour with just that four, like, that would be amazing. Like, that would be a crazy lineup. And they'd be like, yo, we all start, we was all together, you know, back in, in the 90s. You know what I mean? Back in the 90s. That's a, dope, that's a dope lineup. And I think I can say I've seen each one of y'all individually sometime within my career since I started doing comedy, like, been, like, right there, like, all right, I got to go check this person out. Yes, yes, yes. So that that's amazing. That's a good lineup. I mean, there's a lot of people that can say, who this is who I started with or this who was around when I first started. You know what I mean? And then, like, a lot of people you name, they're not around no more. You know what I mean? But then no. a lot of people you name, them people are still out there, you know, bringing the funny. So Absolutely. that's, that's and good. We had, we had great OGs in the game. You know, people that had been out there, people that we looked up to. We had the um, Tony Woods of the world. Yeah. You know, the fat doctors of the world. You yeah. know, people that we, Chris Thomas's of the world, and the list goes on and on. Right. Andy Evans, the comedy doctor, Greg Poole, 
and the list goes on and on. The late great Joe Wrecker, you know. So right. we had we had OGs that we could look up to that was out there killing it. I know I forgot some people, but that yeah. was just a few. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, like the whole DMV area. I mean, Chicago was a was a hotbed. DMV was a hotbed. Then you had, obviously, New York and things like that. Philadelphia had some people or whatever. But DMV got a whole lot of vets out there that's just like, yo, you know, they came from this area. You know what I mean? Everybody always mentioned Dave Chappelle. But then, like, Dave was in the area. But it was like, that dude was from New York. But he was from, like, a suburban area. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, he, when no, he was he doing lived comedy. in New York, but he came from PG. Well, Prince right. County. Prince Edward County, right. We had mm -hmm. Juan DeSites, too. Right, and, um, right, right. Too, you know right, I mean? right. I mean, all, all of that. I mean, you, I mean, you, you talk about all those heavy hitters, and I, and, and I'm gonna tell you, um, and I think we talked about this story on the last time we was on a podcast, but it was such an amazing time. Like, I remember you were coming through Charlotte, and I was trying to find out if I could open for you, which is, which is not strange for people to do when they're in the position that we're in and we see comedians that we admire or somebody that we like and we just want a chance to work with them they try to pick their brain or be around that energy or or just get a chance to meet them and be like yo i want to know what that person is like in real life you yeah. know what i mean and i remember seeing you was coming and then i was reaching out trying to find out who your manager was and then i, I couldn't find out who it was and then right. so i ended up finding and getting in contact with somebody and they was like, I said, yo, man, can you can you find out from Dominique, you know, if she'll let me open for it? And he's like, man, just send me some videos. So I sent some videos, and he sent them to you. You looked yeah. at them and was like, yeah, yeah, he can open for me. And I was like, yo, it's, it's that easy Dang. like that. <laughs> it was, Dang. it was Vance. It was Vance, yeah. yeah. But he wasn't your manager at the time. It was somebody you worked with in the past, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was able to make the connection, and then – um. You was like, yeah, he can open for me. And I was like, man, this is going to be dope. You know what I mean? And I remember I remember uh, meeting you. You was like, yo, we're going to have a good time this weekend. And I remember the host bringing you up so bad. It was so lame of a, <laughs> of, a of an introduction. He was just like, y'all give it up for Dominique. That's just how he said it, right? And then when you got on stage, you lit this dude up for about two and a half minutes, like, you like, man, you you gave you brought me up. Like you about, I was about to get him bad news. And I was dude, I was on the, I was laughing. And he was he was trying to walk out the, the, the showroom. And I said, no, 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 dude, you gotta eat this, bro. Like, come on back in, man. Like you you gotta <laughs> yeah. eat this. I said, this is like bombing. Like, you gotta eat this, you gotta live with this. And then you was basically saying, watch him overdo it for the rest of the weekend. He gonna be bringing yeah. me up like I'm I'm at showtime with the Apollo, or this is the biggest concert of life. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh so hard, man. I still, every time I see that dude, he still do comedy in Charlotte, too. Every time I see him, I'm like, remember that time Dominique roast your ass because you brought her up all lame? And he was like, yeah, man, that was horrible. <laughs> was like, was Did he get any better? Oh, he, be, he better now. He, he is way better now. But, yeah, I, I always mess with him. Every time I see him, I'm like, boy, Dominique lit his ass up. You know what I mean? So, so let me ask you this. And we talked about 94. We talked about, you know, the people that you was in the game with. And I knew it took a while for you to get comfortable. Um, when did Def Jam happen for you? And do you feel like when you went on Def Jam, was it too early? Um, Def Jam happened to me, I think I might have been like three years in or something. Uh -huh. Because when Def Jam happened, I mean, Bob Sumner, he was even saying, uh, you don't know who Bob Sumner is. Mm -hmm. he is, he is no, I'm talking about the listeners. Oh, but that's what, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> talent coordinator, he is the Def Jam. You had to go through Bob to get on the show. Right, right. So, 
he would always call us his young gunners. You know, he said, yeah, this is my young gunner show right here. It was right. myself. It was one uh, old head, but it was myself, a dude named Ronnie Long from Philadelphia. I don't know mm -hmm. where Ronnie is, and mm -hmm. Rudy Rush. Okay. And then, and then the headliner was Shucky Ducky. Okay. So, yeah, so um, it had to be like three years in, but it definitely helped me. And it helped me in the sense, I was three years in, so I was working pretty good. I've been blessed in that area. I have consistently worked since I started, you know, in some form of fashion. So I'm, right. I'm thankful for that and, and grateful. But uh, it did help me because it's kind of like it stamped me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm out here working and all that, but I'm bona fide now. Right. I didn't been on this TV show. I mean, I I've been on this TV show on this platform like Chris Rock, the host. Right, you right. You know what I'm saying? So it's that me. It, it it was it it made me bona fide, and it also helped me personally say, "You can do this." Yeah, yeah. You can get on the TV show doing something. You definitely can make this a career choice if you choose to. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so I feel like I said it was a great opportunity. Um, at that time. And then, like, so so the Def Jam happened. You got on there. Um, I remember seeing you on Def Jam. Um, and you did Def Jam, what, twice or three times? Twice. Twice. Um, and then the, one of my favorite bits um, that I saw you do on TV, and I think I mentioned this to you before, was the fact that you were able to do a bit without talking. Mm. And that was the American Most Wanted bit that you used to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, listen, she don't say nothing. And she is getting laughs per minute off of facial expressions and off of movements. And I'm like, you can't write that. You understand what I'm saying? So, right. and as we're talking about this, I want people to go look up this America Most Wanted joke and realize what I'm talking about. And my, in my mind, I don't even know if you remember how you even came up with it. Was it a situation where you was messing around on stage and realized that it was funny and then was like, I'm going to redo it? Or was it a situation where you sat at home and said, this is what I'm going to do? Um, America's Most Money was one of my favorite shows, right? Right, right. And so I just started messing around on stage, Jay, and I just kind of like was like talking about how America... Uh, me, it was in the workout room, how I like America's most money. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I just out of nowhere, Jay, I was just like, but it's helpful because what if you sitting with somebody on America's most money? <laughs> and at that time when I first did it, you know, right. when I first did it, when I started to do it, I wasn't sitting at first. Right. It wasn't until I stood there and I talked it out some and I got some laughs. And then once I realized, okay, it's something here. Like when I when I have jokes and I throw stuff out there and I'm able to see, okay, it's something here. It got some laughs. If, if I right. throw something out there and it gets some laughs, even if it don't get the whole room ripping, I know as an artist that once I begin to work this bit, I'm going to make this a killer. So right. I just started working it from there. And then I started sitting down and then I just pretty much just started acting it acting out. Acting it out. Exactly. <laughs> and see, what, what you just explained is, is a perfect example where I try to explain to people of what we do when we go to open mics, how we work out jokes, how things are never done. Like we just continue to work them out, work them out, work them out and go, it's something else there. It's something else there that I can put in mm -hmm. here.
but it's just not working the way I want it to at this point. And some people just feel like we just go up there and just start doing stuff. And I go, nah, this stuff been worked out. And actually, we've been in the gym working on this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, for a long time. For a long, for a long time. time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, I, and, that, and, that, and like I say, that was like one of my favorite bits. Um, so what, what would you say within your um, career was your turning point? Like, I know the Def Jam happened. But what took it to the next level? Like, what was, like, you know, from the Dev Jam, from starting out on the Dev Jam, and then, like, what, like, turned it for you to be like, bam, this is another level? When I got on the Tom Jordan Morning Show, that flipped it for me. Word. You know, it did, because he had 10 million listeners every morning. And when I was able to go on there and I was able to do that segment every morning, that comedy segment three times a week, Right, flip. You know that 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 enabled me to start building a bigger fan base. Right. Like I had some people, but it it, it enabled me to start building this bigger fan base, and they would come see me at the club. Yeah. So it helped me in that area. So that really was one of the things that flipped it for me. A big thing that flipped it. So was it a situation where you was doing shows and then all of a sudden you got on there and the next show you went to, it was it's a, a packed room of people or was it already packed before you got there? I mean, I was doing shows. It was cool. It was people still coming and I would be doing uh, shows. Uh, most of my shows, I was like, um, I would be doing tour dates. So right. it would be a whole bunch of us. I, some people might have been coming to see me, but I was on there strictly off of being fun. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean, I was right. off there. They liked me and they put me on this show because they had the promoter had seen me work somewhere. Well, right. after the time joined the morning show, I was able to go out and headline these clubs and everything by myself. Yeah, yeah. Because once I had been on there, they would come to the club and see me. And I was on there promoting the show to 10 million people every morning. Right. Every time I was on there. And then I started... Um, doing the clubs, and then they would come and see me. That's what's up. I mean, that, yeah. like, you can't, like I said, that's just free advertisement. Like, y'all, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. I'm going to be like, oh, we, we going this weekend. I mean, that's free advertisement. They yeah. in social media, you got to worry about none of that. You know what I mean? So that's that's good stuff right there. Now, I know you work with a lot of beasts. I know you're on those tours. And we talk when I say tours, I'm talking about these, uh, you talk about those promoter tours where you got, like, four headliners on the same bill and, they, and y'all at arenas or y'all doing like major stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what comedian um, makes you want to be better? Like when you see this person on stage, you're like, Dang, I, I, I want to be, I want to keep writing. Like I want to, I want to be better. Yeah. Oh, I can name so many, but I'm going and to name- you, And like I said, don't feel like you named, you leave anybody off, but just top ahead. Yeah. The ones that really made me want to be better, and that also took me on the road with them, would be mm-hmm. Mike Evans and Lavelle Crawford. Yeah, you know, I would go on the road with them, and I would be featuring, yeah. and I would be killing, you know. And I'm saying I'm killing, but then, yeah, you killing in that 25 minutes, but watch him go murder the room in this whole hour. That's a right. whole nother thing. Right, you know, right. can you stand up there and murder that room like that bit for bit for bit for a whole hour? So I yeah. would look at that. I mean, I had times when I opened for DL Hughley, and you know, when I'm on the show, when I would be on the show with those type of headliners, I just sit back there, you know, and just watch them just murder the room. And you know, some comics say study, I wouldn't necessarily be 
studying how they did what they did because I do believe that comedy is who you are. Yes, absolutely. You know what I'm yeah, so yeah. you got to figure out who you are. But I would be watching them saying to myself what I needed to do as it pertained to Dominique and the right. artist that I am. Like, okay, right. okay. I would more so be looking at how they might attack a bit. You know what I mean? Okay, I see he he didn't took this bit and he didn't did this bit out because I seen him do this bit at the Laugh Factory six or seven months ago and I know it was just a little piece. Now he done went right. in there and he done took this bit and he done ran with it and he done found all the streets you can turn. Like I look at a bit like a highway. It's different exits on the highway. Then you get off a highway, it's a light, you can go left or right. Yeah. Go down the street, there's some more lights. Go left, there's some more lights. So, and I would just look at those kind of things and it just made me say, okay, yeah, I got to be better. And I'm, I'm, I'm the hardest critic on myself, so I'm going to always yeah. keep working to get better. I, I can still today, I'm like, okay, I, I can get better at things. Yeah, absolutely. And we always are hard critics on ourselves. I mean, that's where our challenge come in from writing. Like when we start writing out bits and then we got five monster bits in front of it and we come out with a brand new bit and then they ain't getting the laughs you want. You'd be like, I'm going to just scrap the whole bit. And you'd be like, why are you, why are you scrapping the whole bit instead of working <laughs> on it and making it better? You know what I'm saying? We'd be like, nah, they just ain't laughing hard enough for me. And I'd be like, man, get over yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's get the conversation yourself. I had with myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had that conversation with myself all the time. Get over yourself, Jay. Like, stop tripping. Yeah. Stop tripping. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, um, what what club what club would you say would be one of your favorite places to go? Like every time you go there, you just be amped to go there. Um, I think I like. I don't know, Jay. I I, I kind of like most cities. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Most yeah. cities I work in, I have a really really good time. Oh wait, uh -huh. man, I'm messing my phone up, Jay. Nah, oh. you good. You good. You good. I had my setup going good, and then I moved some. Take one thing to move <laughs> on this stuff, and you can't, you can't never get up. You can't get it back. I, right, okay. I got editing machines. I can do all that stuff over. You know what I mean? Okay, all right, so, you good? You good? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So okay. I think um, the best one, Jay, I would say. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I like I like when I go to Dallas. I have a good oh, time yeah. in Texas, yeah. But I love Cleveland. I love the improv Cleveland. or is improv or um the other one. What's only the other done one? The, only done the improv. Yeah, Cleveland. yeah, the improv is fun. Cleveland. Yeah. Improv is fun, yeah, man. And then like, like it's um, funny because a lot of people struggle at Cleveland. They do, and people tell me yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they that's what I heard. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I know. They, they tell know. me that they bomb. And every time I go, I sell out and they, but they laugh at me. They like me in Cleveland. Yeah. But everybody, they always say that when they go to Cleveland, they be like, man, they, they, they rough. But they, they like that even if you go in, in the theater. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always had a good time since I've been to Cleveland. I never had a bad show in Cleveland. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the vibe or. Maybe you got to be the realest or the real person to do good in Cleveland. Maybe they they can they can they can sniff out the fakeness. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Detroit is one of my favorite places. Nice, nice. Yeah. Always have a good time in Indianapolis. So I right. Got different places. places that I go to that I 
at, let me see, um, yeah, Florida. I mean, I got different places yeah. that when I go, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hang out. I'm going to have a good time in the city. And then Kansas City, when I go to Kansas yeah. City, and you know, yeah, they, I have friends in certain places. So I have built the rapport. Right. You know what I mean? So when I go there, I know I'm going to kick it with my people and I'm going to have a good time. So Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to be. I mean, I know a lot of comedians just missing the road right now. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, and uh, you out in L.A., so I know – like they didn't shut down production and all the stuff that you probably met them working on too. Were you doing, you were still doing Black Jesus, right? Um, Black Jesus was, we were out of production for season three. I okay. haven't heard anything um, about production for season four yet, but I was actually, um, Aaron McGruder is doing a reboot of the Boondocks. So I'm right. one of the voices right. on the Boondocks. So I was in for production real? working on the Yes, I was in production on working on the Boondock, so I I had been in a couple of times, few times, but um, you know, we'll get back to it when um all this is over. All right, so so can you tell me a little bit about that, or you're not allowed to talk about that right now? I don't think we can talk about it, but I'm oh man, yo, that's dope, yo, I love <laughs> that show, man. I'm loving the fact that Aaron Magruder is back on there, so oh my um, god, that is dope. That is dope, and it's funny as, as ever. You know, uh, of course. I mean, I mean, never, yeah. Oh my God! Hilarious. Listen, you gonna have to let me, when you let when you can tell me more. You gonna have to tell me more about that. Yeah. That's so dope, I'm one right of the there. Characters on the Boondock. So, and Aaron McGruder, brilliant writer. Right. I love Aaron. Shout out to Aaron. Aaron loved me. Yeah. Um, and it's funny when I was reading the script, I was like, <laughs> "Ooh, he got another one." <laughs> you know how Jake Z say, and another one. And another one, right? So so let me so so I remember the skit you did on um, on Chappelle's show, which is which is by far probably one of my two favorite skits was the um, <laughs> pop copy and the chick that was like, keeping it real go wrong. But listen, so, wrong. so so it's funny when somebody be like, I be like, yo, um, I got like I'm working with Dominique. I'm gonna be with Dominique. I'm gonna go see Dominique. They be like Dominique. I'm like yeah, female comedian. You know, was on Pop Copy, and they go, oh shit, and they always start laughing because they remember they remember who I'm talking about. So then, or I say, what's really hood, bitch? Like that, yeah. those two lines right there, like like so so. Wait, well, what I want to know is. When you were on that, like, first of all, how did that even work out? Was it because they knew you, or was it, did you read for that? Like, was he just bringing people that he knew in? And um, was it written out that way, or did y'all just freestyle some of that stuff? Yeah, like, they, they definitely let you freestyle. But I got on the show because uh, uh executive producer from a show, Tracy Morgan, I don't know if you remember, on Comedy Central years ago, he hosted this comedy show. Right. This was years ago. He hosted this comedy show. And mm-hmm. I was on his comedy show. Tracy is a good friend of mine, so he always looked out for me. You know, he's looked out for right. me. So he hosted this show. Well, one of the late, one of the um, producers on that show, she was producing, working on the Chappelle show. So they got down to this character. And this, I went in, when I auditioned, it was for Popcock. They That's got down funny. to this character. <laughs> and so she called me. She was like, you know, Dave Chappelle's, he, he's doing a new show, and um, he, uh, I need a girl for this role, and we've auditioned people, and they, it's just not kind of like what we're looking for. So we down to one girl, and they kind of was between me and another girl. 
and they kind of iffy on that girl. So I said, okay, I got somebody I'm going to bring in. And so she told me all about it. She sent me the script. And she just was basically like, I love when somebody said, just run it like you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can run. I'm going to run it like me. Right. So I, mean, I did the audition. It was her and maybe a couple other, like, execs and higher-ups at Comedy Central. So I went in there. So I left. So after I left, she called me. She said, you killed me. She said, we'll see what they say. But I needed you to okay. know that you killed me, right? Right, right. So she said, but we have to wait and see what Dave says, and we have to go through that. I was like, all right, well, you know, I was just like, what opportunity? Because right. even if you don't get a role, the, the thing of it is, is you are in front of people. So they see you, and they see what you're doing. Even if you're not for that role, they'll call you for something else. That's something else, right. Absolutely. So I said, okay. And she was like, she called back. Later on that evening, maybe like, wow, something like seven it. or eight o'clock, because they were yeah. going into production. It was like down to the wire. And she called back. She said, You got it. She said, They loved you. I was like, What? <laughs> and, it was <laughs> and then that, and when I read it, right, and it was like, when I was reading it, I don't know what happened, but when I read my audition, it was just my part. At that time, I wasn't even in tune that Dave was in the bit like that. Right. I should have known it because it's his show and it's a sketch. Right. But I was like, it never even dawned on me. I should have thought about that, but it just didn't <laughs> dawn on me. I knew, all I knew was Michael Rappaport was in it. Right. Um, I can't think of uh, Regilio was in it. Yeah, Regilio. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. That, and that, <laughs> like I said, it was like it was like one of those things. It's like everybody been at a job they ain't give a damn about. But it was like the energy yeah. that you was given was so funny. And and the one character that came to my mind as soon as I saw that bit was man, she remind me of Shirley for what's happening. Cause when you was Everybody doing, you standing behind the joint. Yeah, when you stand behind the joint. I said she don't give a damn. I was like she about to, she about to cuss that dude out. <laughs> like I was on the floor rolling. I said that joint, and it's to remind you like when it was happening. And people used to be like, "Yo, hey, something wrong with my burger." She be like, "I tell you what's wrong with your burger. Just throw the burger down." Like I don't give a damn about your burger. You know what I mean? Like like that. Like that, whole, that whole situation. So I was like, "Yo, that joint was perfect, man." So I mean, I just I would just love to be in an environment like that where. You know, you just got the the freedom to be able to say, "All right, I'm gonna just freestyle it." Somebody be like, "Cut, do it just like that again." You know what I mean? And they just appreciate the fact yeah. that your comedic timing, how you do things. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know, because if somebody said, "Just be yourself," if somebody said to me, "Just be yourself," it's probably just gonna be the funniest thing that I could possibly do at the time. You know what I mean? It's not right. gonna be too much pressure. It's just like, "Yo, just be you." I'm like, "All right, whatever." You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, that that was dope. I mean, that's just one of the things that I always remember. All right, so what I like to do uh, on my on my podcast now, and since I started doing this, is um, we would we would do. Oh, one more question, real quick. Um, in this comedy game, and you've been doing comedy for for a while, over twenty years. Who would you say you were probably the closest to comedian or comedians that you are? closest to that you chop it up like y'all just get on the phone chop it up y'all talk about the bs that goes on or y'all talking about this y'all talking about that and and things like that like who do you have a close relationship with or are you just still kind of solo dough out there like yo i just do me yeah i do me but i do have some people like i talk to lavelle i talk to joe claire i talk to alicia yeah. cooper you know i talk to yeah. mike on the phone so i talk to Corey hope so i got my little crew of people and yeah. i talk to you know and we yeah. chop it up and we kick it in 
we talked the real. I talked to Scrancho. That's one of my guys. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No doubt, you know, no doubt. I, I got my people that I talk to on the phone, and I I chop it up. That's dope. I'm real That's selective, dope. though. You know, you everybody say that. Yeah, about you you can't, you can't say you can't you can't say nothing to nobody. You can't say everything to everybody. But like I said, I mean that the fact that and I and like I say, I go back to the the situation where I was able to work with you and open for you. And I realized at that point you actually have openers. Like you don't you don't just let anybody on your show. Like you you like you got people you comfortable with. And I noticed when you travel, you travel with your people. You don't have no whole big entourage. It's the same folk. Every time I see you, you got the yeah. same folk around you. You understand what I'm saying? It's smart to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because you keep the people that's close around you. And I understand the consistency. So I really felt privileged to be able to have that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, it was kind of like, once I felt like I met you, I felt like you was going to be a friend for life. Because you was real. Absolutely, Jay. You didn't shoot me no whole bunch of bullshit. You was like, yo, Jay, you funny, man. You was like, yo, keep doing your thing. I was like, appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like that. <laughs> I wasn't all in your ear and in your face like, so what's up? You going to hook me up? I wasn't doing none of that. Wow. I was just like, yo, she real as hell. You know what I mean? And that was, that like was just how I looked like at that. it. Uh, when they like that, I don't relax. You know, yeah. like say, don't act ill. We came to have a good time party and chill with you. <laughs> so, no, I just like to stay in full with Jay. I just yeah, like to stay in full yeah. like me. And I just like, you want, I want you to be funny because in my show, I don't, you know, I don't like, and this might be the wrong word or a rude word. I don't like orangutan acts in front of me. Yeah, you know man. Because yeah. I feel like whoever goes in front of me, I shouldn't have to work like a dog behind you to grab my audience back. Yeah. You know, you have the room prepared that I can go up there and have a good time at work. And I tell jokes. So I need somebody in front of me that's going to tell some jokes. Tell some that's jokes. All, that's the only requirement I have. Don't go up there and get those <laughs> at a orangutan show. I, don't, I can't do it. Right. Do it. So, so like, you know, the. Even yeah. when the club suggests somebody to me, I'm not opposed to that. Even when they suggest somebody, I ask them, send me some footage. We can use yeah. one of your people, but can we pick a person of yours that we both like? Agree with, yeah, anybody. yeah, don't absolutely. Agree with, don't, don't, don't hang my audience hating comedy when I come up there. I don't want that. <laughs> they paying their money, they tip. I don't want them to hate comedy by the time I take the stage. That's not fair. <laughs> they go there, yeah. And like I say, I mean, sometimes you got the people that just, you know, I, I know like people, some people say high energy acts, right? So, yeah. and I've, I've learned over time. I mean, I've had situations where I had somebody come in front of me and they was high energy jumping around, flipping on the stage and carrying on. And um, I get up on stage and I like I let that music play for a little bit. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, y'all, y'all give it up one more time. And they'd be like, yeah. all right. And I'd be like, I ain't about to do all that. Like, and then the funny thing about it is, I like, I like, I laugh at uh, Ali Sadiq because Ali get on stage and sit down, and I'd be like, yeah. I, I don't care what you do in front of him. When he get out there sitting down, everybody be like, well, shit. Everybody just be like, well, I guess we ain't we ain't gonna be loud. He be like, nah, we ain't. Y'all grown. Y'all need to calm down because we. We about to um, we about to, I'm about to tell these jokes. I'm not gonna be jumping around for y'all. Like, and then his voice yeah. be just like that, and I be laughing. And cause like when you get out on stage, your, your accent is very strong, but you don't do no whole bunch of ha. Ah! It's just hey y'all, you know how y'all how y'all feeling. <laughs> so I, and, and, and I don't care how you, what your show is. 
I would prefer you to be that way, but if you jump around, I go right up there and I let them calm down for a little while and let me show you how this works because I don't know how he's going to sustain that arrangement. <laughs> You're gonna have to really sign up at the zoo because that ain't gonna last. That ain't gonna last long, not at all. So, but before before we go, I, I like to do. Uh, you remember watch the um, the actor studio with James Lipton when they used to come on TV? Oh, yes, yeah. And he used to have a survey of questions. So I'm gonna okay. do the same thing, but I remixed a couple of them. So we're gonna go ahead and shoot you off with these questions and then you tell me what you what you think the answers are, your answers are your particular answers to these questions are. All right. So the okay. first question is what what's your favorite word? My favorite word? Yeah. Mm. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the hell with that. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh, what's your what's your least favorite word? Stupid. Stupid. And yeah. you know, but the funny thing about that is my kids look at that as a, a bad word. That's how they, their mother yeah. raised them. So when I say it, they be like, Dad, you can't say that. I be like, well, you acting it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to change stupid. it. I, I, like, got a little bit, I got a little bit of something going. I ain't always just stupid. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. So you know my... um. My phrase that I use or my go-to phrase or my slogan is TTBS, which stands for that's that bullshit. The t-shirt yeah. that I have and things like that, right? And basically the definition of that's that bullshit is anything and everything you absolutely no control over in your life, right? right. Um, what's that's that bullshit to you? Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, that's that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely i ain't even mad at that one that's it right there that's, that's it right that there bullshit. yeah that's that bullshit all right so <laughs> let's go with the opposite let's go with the opposite of that and tell me what is the shit to you family the shit to me yeah my family yeah. the shit to me without them, absolutely. my family and my loved one i i'm in a bad way right now they the shit to me Speaking of, speaking of which, I ran into your aunt when I opened up for Sinbad in yeah. Winston Salem. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, hey, yeah. You, know, you know this lady? I'm like, yeah. 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 She came up to me. Listen, she came up to me after the show. She said, "Yo, man, let me tell you something." She said, "You are funny," and I was like, "Hey, yeah. I appreciate." She said, "And um." I'm not buying the shirt. I said, she's like, but I wanted to come up and talk to you and tell you to keep doing what you're doing. And she's like, and my, she said, my niece is a comedian and you might know her. I said, who is? She said, Dominique. I said, Dominique, like that. And I was like, come on, I said, come on, give me a hug. And she came and gave me a hug. And I couldn't even do that now because we had coronavirus. I gave right. her a hug, a big hug. I said, let me take a picture and send it to her real quick. And she took a picture and I said, hey, you know this lady? She's like, yeah, that's my mom's sister. <laughs> She's yeah, like, that's my aunt. <laughs> she said, where you at, Jay? You was, you was <laughs> I know. I, was like, I should have been like, we've been hanging out all week. I should have said something crazy like that. <laughs> like, what you said? I know so, yeah. you don't go to no comedy show. You not know she Yeah, she went, she went she to see. She was at the, uh, right. She was at the um, African-American uh, Film Festival in Winston-Salem. And, yeah, and, and yeah. Sinbad was had a concert, and uh, he did a, a comedy show, and I opened up for Sinbad, and I met her after the show. 
yeah. And she had that, that uh, she had that salt and pepper uh fro. She was chilling yeah. too. Yeah, she was chilling. I was like, man, that's funny. Small world though, very small world. Small world. Small yeah. World. All right. So, what sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Yeah. Any sound of music, Jay. I'm a real I'm music. I love music. I turn music on, especially if I can hear, especially some R&B, some old school R&B. So I right. love me some music. Yeah. So you, so you are, so you from the DMV, and I, I would assume that that you a go go person, or Absolutely. is is R and B first, or is go go first? Oh, go go first. Go go first. Okay, 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 okay. okay. So a nice now, I of a Congo. A nice oh yeah. Congo. And then see, I wasn't introduced. To, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't introduced to go go until I got to college. Okay. So, so when I got to college, uh, I was introduced to go-go. I was introduced to bass music. I was introduced to Luke. I was introduced to all that stuff when I got to college because I was from Jersey. And the okay. music that was strange to everybody else that wasn't strange to me was house music. Okay. So when house music came on, all the people from Jersey with the floor in Chicago and people would be like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. And then right after that, they played the go-go. And then all the people yeah. from D.C. and D.M.V. would hit the floor. We would all go off the floor. I'm like, man, what the hell is this? And they'd be like, y'all don't know nothing about this. And we'd be like, I don't. And, and about, no. about one semester in, about one semester in, I was listening to go-go every day. So I was, yeah. <laughs> it was, that was it, yeah. <laughs> so um, what noise or sound do you hate? construction going on outside your house and it's yeah. just you just like what are y'all what's broke what's broke <laughs> what is what, what y'all building up what y'all doing now it's on my nerves and it's yeah. happening right now so that was a good question on yeah my absolutely uh what's your favorite curse word motherfucker yeah, that's a that's a, that's a classic. That's that's a, that's on the Mount Rushmore right there. That's the first ballot yeah. Hall of Famer right there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You hit somebody with that, you hitting them. You gonna hit them below the knee. Look here. Oh mama. yeah, yeah. They 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 know you ain't playing as soon as you bring the MF out. Like they know that it's not a game yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? So no we talked about no comedy. We talked about since '94. We talked about all of those things. Um, you've been doing comedy for a long time, and I know it might be hard for you to think of this. But what profession other than your own would you like to attempt or would you have liked to attempt being since you've been through this game as long as you've been in? Um, the other profession that I was going to attempt, I was going to be a mortician. So I went to school for a while to be to mortuary science school. So mm -hmm. I would have been so, a mortician. How far, how long did you go? How long did you go into that? About a year. Oh, yeah? And silly. Couldn't, it just got real silly. Then I was like, I'm too silly. I I I got ADD, and nobody knows it, and it hasn't been diagnosed. Cause you know we didn't get Ritalin, you know. All right, right. Hand down on us. Like, oh, no, so I just was now focused, but yeah, like a year. A year. All right. Well, you know what? If you were still in it after this long, you would have made a boatload of money by right now. Like right oh, now, you'd have been making oh. a kid. You'd have been a millionaire by right now. I mean, yeah. the way it's going now, they've been all out front waiting. Right. And that, and that's crazy that you said that's the profession because you went from one extreme to the other. All the way to the end. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's yin and yang right there. Like, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Like, I would have never thought that those would have been two things that you go from yeah, one end to the other. 
If yeah. I would have been doing this, that's what I would have been doing. And my cousin yeah, is a, uh, South Carolina. She's an Orangeburg coroner, the state coroner, and she owns a funeral home. So it's like in my family too. Orange, that's right down the road from me. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I, you know, I live in Charlotte, so yeah. So, and I, I'm yeah. thinking if you was in Orangeburg, so your family must have been up to see you when you went to Greenville when you did the Greenville Comedy Zone. Um, they she live in they come in, they live in Columbia, so they usually come to the Comedy House when I go to the Comedy the Comedy House. Yeah, yeah, and it's been a while since I've been. There. I hope all them clubs survive. I do. I, I do. I pray do. all of them survive. I really do. Yeah, because it's gonna be a tough time. But listen, so I'm not gonna. I ain't gonna hold you longer than I had to. I do appreciate your time. I'm glad you came through and kicked it with your boy uh, for the second time on the Blisters Ignorant podcast. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing you back on the road as soon as possible. And you know, if I'm not on the road when you come through Charlotte, I am stopping through to holla at you. And uh, oh. that's just what we do. Already know it. Anytime, Jay. No you doubt. You family. So anytime, all you got to do is holla at me. No doubt, yo. Appreciate you, yo. Stay safe. And uh, listen, I'll probably hit you up another time soon to try to do another thing online or something crazy like that. But we got to get through this. You know what I mean? We going to get through it. We going to get through it. No doubt. No doubt. We going to make it. All right. Appreciate you. Okay. Thank you, Jay.